Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm sure as parents, we all know how messy things can get, whether that's around the house, during mealtimes, and even when it comes to our little ones themselves. When it comes to wiping Alf's messy face and body, I want to be sure that what I am using is the best choice for his skin. With baby eczema and nappy rash being common conditions, using wipes for sensitive skin is a must. We've both been loving water wipes. We've actually used them since Alf was born and they gently clean and help protect delicate newborn and premature baby skin. They're made of just two ingredients, so 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. That means they are the best wipe choice for sensitive skin. Alf loves them and I even find myself using them. Well, good morning. You can probably tell my voice is croaky. It's a Monday morning and I've been up since 4am. I feel like I'm um, right back in the thick of it with sleep and Alf, which is a conversation for a whole other time. But he, for some reason, since being ill and since being on antibiotics, He's just up and at it at 4am every day and we're we doing what we can to get him back down, but it just will not make a difference. So um, I'm actually speaking to a holistic sleep coach um, later on this afternoon. So what I might do, if it's helpful advice, um, as I'm told that this is a phase that seems to affect lots of people, little people around the age of two, when they're not quite ready to drop their naps, but they're... Um, you know, they're waking up and it is it is hard. I feel like a broken woman, especially in pregnancy. Um, but I'm very, very excited if my voice will work um, for today's guest because I actually met her about a month ago now at the uh, National TV Awards and I just knew straight away that I had to get her on the podcast. She is a money-saving expert. She's a Sunday Times bestseller and she's a mum of two so she can tell tell us exactly what I have in store Um she is amazing, especially at the moment. I wanted to speak to her with the cost of living crisis because she is actively trying to instigate change. Um, well, actually, do you know what? I'm going to save this and I'm going to let her tell me. She is known on Instagram as Money Mum Official. It's Gemma Bird. Hello, all right. Gemma Bird. If I married Tommy, I'd be Ashley Andrews and that's just like... Oh, I love that. Do you? Yes. Oh, I love Ashley. Oh, I don't love Ashley James. It's a bit meh, but I feel like... Ashley Andrews, no, I Gemma love that. Bird is like... I could see it being a cartoon. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to make that make that happen. Like Penelope that's the universe. Gemma Bird. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a Harry Styles sort of name. You know, oh, like well, just let's... a cool... 
cool name. But no, I like Ashley Andrews. But then my kids are BB, so Bronte and Brody Bird. So I like the double. Oh, yeah, so the alliterations. Been, yeah. Well, that's what we've done with Alf. Um, he's Alfie Andrews. Tommy loves alliterations and we, we haven't got a girl's name yet. I keep changing my mind. Tommy named Alfie, so technically, obviously we have to both like it, yeah. but um, I was in charge. But we have found an A name that Tommy's now like, I like the alliteration, I like the alliteration. Yeah. But we'll we had see. to find a B name for... Um, my little girl and it was so hard like because Brody was just came to us straight away he's 10 now but to find a B name it was just like oh god like we kept going through all these names and we were like no it's not quite right and then Adam came up with this and I was like actually I do really like it Bronte Bronte Bronte's really cool yeah so I do really like it yeah do you know what we're the same like with Alf we knew that he was going to be called Alf straight away and I even um I printed out or I got, I made these little bookshelves on not on the high street and it said like Alfie Rivers Andrews and I covered it up until he was born. But we just knew like his name wasn't going to change. But with this little girl, even like until recently, even when I found out she was a girl, I couldn't call her she. Um, And now I say, oh yeah, with baby girl. But I don't know, it doesn't feel real. It's because you used to being a boy mum. For me, like I think when I was pregnant with Bronte and they told me it was a girl, I was a bit like, oh, because I think when you used to be in a boy mum, so it's hard. It, I just found it hard to like think of a girl's name and put myself in that girly position. I think because as well, like there was a, such a big age gap with mine. I'd been used to doing all the boy things and I just I just thought that I was having another boy. Like, What was the age gap? So how old six was... Six and a half years. Oh, wow. Yes, I've got a really big age gap. I didn't want it to be as big as that. Um, however, having Brody was really... Easy, literally first go, thought, oh, you know, I'm probably really naive because I'd never struggled with getting pregnant. Like, oh, you just, you know, just have a baby. So when it came to having our second, we wanted about four or five year age gap. And then we started trying and it just didn't happen. And then I felt really desperate to have that second. And I got a lot of comments like, but you've already got one, um, which I found really difficult because I wanted that that other the next child I wanted another baby um and yeah it just took us a it just took us a long long time to have my second which is why the age gap is as big as it is but I think everything happens for a reason and it's just per- it's perfect for us you know I think where I waited so so long and I was used to being a boy and mum I just automatically thought oh well I have another little boy straight away and it was completely it's life's never what you think it's gonna be but I love the fact it's not because it's just you, your children are your children do you know what I mean like I love it that you, it's a surprise, isn't it? Whatever yeah. you get, so and they're all so different. Did you find um, having a second, you felt more prepared, or was it still a complete shock? I felt like I was going to enjoy it a lot more the second time round because I knew how quickly the newborn stage goes. And I think when you have your first baby and you have the baby, and it is really, really difficult. Like I said, to you, I didn't enjoy being pregnant at all because um, I had I had terrible sickness and a few problems a bit when I was pregnant, but. I think with Brody, it's all. It seems all a bit of a blur. I was really, really ill when I had him as well. Um, it seems a blur, and I and I felt like I didn't maybe savor every moment. Whereas when I was pregnant with Bronte, I knew what was going to come. I knew how quick that newborn baby stage goes. So I was just like soaking up every single moment of it. So I felt like maybe I was a bit more relaxed the second time. That's really interesting because do you know what I feel? a little bit the opposite that I loved being pregnant with Alf and maybe there's something in the fact that it was lockdown and it gave me kind of hope when there wasn't anything else going on because it was like the very very beginning of lockdown when we all thought we were kind of living in a walking dead zombie apocalypse you know you're seeing bodies outside of hospitals and nobody knew how deadly COVID was and nobody was seeing anyone so I felt like it really gave me this sort of like positive thing to focus on and my second trimester 
with Alf. I've honestly never felt better in my entire life. Like I felt beautiful. I had so much energy. I felt like I'd been blessed by nature. Like, you know, I was like, I can't believe I never wanted children. Like, I just feel like, Mother Earth. Honestly, Mother (laughs) Earth, that was it. And even though towards like my third trimester, I had pelvic girdle pain and all of that, that made it tough. I just felt so like content and happy and excited. And I think I was really expecting that again. So even with like the tiredness of the first trimester, I was like, it's going to get, but it's going to get really good. It's going to get really good. And now that I'm in the thick of second trimester, I I honestly have never felt physically worse. I feel like tired, sluggish, and I'm a bit like, obviously Alf's, getting up in the night, but I'm a bit like, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? But Aww. equally, I'm trying, like you said, I am trying to like remember that the, the phase is past. And I'm also but trying to just hard. enjoy the bump and the feelings. Mm. But yeah, it's very different to the first time. But at least I think it's it's fantastic that you had a lovely pregnancy the first time. And every pregnancy is different. I mean, yeah. I. Both you said of, you didn't like either of them. No, no. I'm not going to lie. I was like, if someone could have just handed me the baby and I didn't have to be pregnant, give birth, do all that bit afterwards, the leaking boobs, the pain <laughs> down below, the tearing, all that jazz that goes with it. I'm not going to lie. I would, I would, if someone, if you could have walked over to me and be like, here is your children. Absolutely, I would have chosen that option. I always expected, oh my God, I'm going to absolutely love it. I felt, I think maybe where I'm short as well, I've got a really short body. So every time the baby moved, I was literally sick or the pain. I I can't tell you the pain. I just, I felt like I was in pain and I was on a boat for 40 weeks, like motion sickness the whole time. So no, I was just like, please hurry up and get here. It's interesting, isn't it? (laughs) It's it's good to hear because I think some people feel really guilty for not enjoying the pregnancy. And especially when there is that idea of like, you should be grateful, you should be grateful. And it's like, it's really like this sort of like toxic, positive messaging where you're like, I am grateful, but I also feel horrific. And I was saying to Tommy actually this weekend, I was like, isn't it mad that because because pregnancy is such a a normal thing in society, people actually don't realise how debilitating it is. And you're kind of just expected to, get on with your life it's like it's like having a period really like isn't it weird that we're just expected to still function as if we're not (laughs) yeah like a baby comes out of you and then it's literally like you're just meant to just go back and crack on with the world but you've had like mate if you if you had a cesarean you've had major um, surgery if you've given birth to a baby like just think about what your body has actually been through and I think there's so much pressure on like you've got to get back to looking like that you've got to feel like that you've got you have to be happy when you're pregnant I mean I am absolutely adore my kids with every single bone in my body but I, I, I honestly don't feel bad for saying I, I didn't enjoy pregnancy because I didn't feel well so I could lie and say oh I loved it but I, I'm lying I wish I did I didn't but I didn't and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that and like I hear people that say oh my god I had the most amazing birth I I sneezed and the child come out in the pool I'm like absolutely killed me did not enjoy it whatsoever (laughs) can't lie I wish I did but you know so I think we're all different and all the kids are different so I just think you have to go in your your own experience and if you have a great one that's lovely and if you don't then you just as you say you've got to take each day as it comes so if this one's not as good for you I just think you know just maybe just take each day as it comes yeah I'm actually excited which is good because regardless of how it's going to be it's having that like positive mindset isn't it but I went for a scan this week and um, yeah I felt really excited like I was at the hospital and I was like isn't it just so cool that rather than what I went through the first time it's like we'll have our date and we'll be able to play our music and yeah I'm excited it's amazing honestly like 
I'm so jealous of you doing that bit. That was my most favourite bit when they give you the baby that first 24 hours. I just, oh, I love it. Not having any more, so I'm jealous. Live through you, listening to you (laughs) say it. Well, let's hope that I I talk about the positive stuff because I'm going to be like, oh, the sleep. I feel like I've got PTSD from sleep over the last two years. Um, But anyway, let's talk about money. Yeah. How did you become Money Mum official? So basically... It's not even really like I sort of, well, I suppose I did become it on Instagram, but my whole life, all I can remember from the age of seven is saving money. Like my parents had always instilled into me that like, if you want something, you've got to work for it. And I remember even being at school and like the tuck shop, kids getting tuck money when they went in and my mum and dad never used to give me it, you know? Um, so I remember like walking to school and looking for five P's and 10 P's because yeah. I wanted, it was 25 P for this ice bun. I remember it so clearly. And so that's like my earliest memories. And I remember then I was like a mushroom picker and I did every single job you can think of, washing my neighbour's car badly. If, if he was listening, he'd be like terribly <laughs> Gemma. Um, but anything to sort of raise money. And when I was younger as well, like I did like singing and dancing and performing and I loved performing. Anyway, and I had I had a job. Um, I went for a coffee with a friend and I was picking up, um, you know, like leaflets in Costa. And she said, why are you picking up those leaflet, like receipts? I said, well, I'm checking to see if anyone's claimed the points. You know, like when you get, yeah. she said, why? I said, because I'll go to the till next time and say, oh, sorry, I forgot to add these to my card and then get them to add them on. I said, I can't afford cups of coffee out. It's really expensive. I'm on a really low income. Like I need to this and she said oh I do blogging on Instagram and she sort of telling me what she was doing and how she's made a career of it I thought well I'm going to blog my money tips and I'm a bit of a doer so I just literally went home picked my phone up and started just once twice a week giving a money tip on there and then I just tried to sort of build on it and build on it and sort of grow it I guess and sort of go into sort of celebrities inboxes or big influencers inboxes saying look I want to talk about money tips I want to change Instagram I'm sick of seeing a beautiful girl with the boot on shoes and everyone thinking that's normal I want to show the other side like let's go crazy when we get a deal let's all talk about the best ISO we've got let's all talk about okay if we've got a Gucci handbag where can we get it for the best price it was it wasn't about not having nice things it was about getting what we want or doing something and, and changing the way we're doing it. So not feeling under pressure on a WhatsApp group to go, do you know what, girls, I can't afford that £100 out night out of the Ned. I really want to meet you, but can we just do a coffee at Costa? Because I want to see you. And it was about trying to sort of get people talking about money because I feel that on Instagram, we talk about body image. Um, we talk about relationships. We talk about sex. We talk about absolutely everything. But I still feel that money is something that we don't talk about or we're, there's a stigma around it. We're ashamed of it. Um, we're ashamed to say what we earn. We're ashamed to say we can't afford things. So when I started doing it, I just literally would be like, right, I'm in here today. I've got this for for, for free because I've built up my points or I've gone here today and I've got these nappies and they're cheaper in this shop than they are in that shop. And then people just started calling me Money Mum. And I just thought that's a really cool name. Um, so that's how sort of the name became about. And then I just started introducing myself as that because I thought I love that. I love like quirkiness. And it just sort of, my page is just me really, like my family, what I do day to day, but just everything I do, how do I save money on doing it? Like, even coming here today, I said to Adam, drop me at Shenfield and not the other station where I live because it's £10 cheaper. And I was like, even driving there and back, I'm going to save money. So just, I've just naturally like that. I'm just passionate about it. I think why pay out more when I don't have to, you know? It's so good. It's so interesting. I find with money, it seems to be like a female thing that there's so much shame around it. I, I wouldn't say that everybody talks about it because I definitely feel like businesses rely on us not talking like you know it's actively encouraged like don't talk about salary probably because people are all being paid different amounts but 
most women I know feel shame either because they're not earning or because they are earning, but nobody nobody really talks about it. But also, like you said, saving has become this sort of like dirty word in the land of Instagram where, you know, like last week, Tommy and I are trying to figure out if we can afford to go away at Christmas because it would be my last chance before baby. And so I thought, do you know what? I'm going to look at business class flights because I'm pregnant. We'll have the toddler. Yeah. 25 grand for two adults. Bear in mind, we don't pay for Alf yet. We were looking at Mauritius. So obviously it's like a super expensive place to go. But I was like, 25 grand. But like, it looks like on Instagram, every Tom, Dick and Harry seems to be flying business class. And I was like- I haven't ever. I have actually twice. Once was a- a fluke that they upgraded me. I think they had, they like oversubscribed. So lucky. <laughs> and once was actually last year and um, it ended up being not that much more expensive. Amazing. Um, exactly. And it's lovely to treat yourself. But once you get a taste of it, you're like, oh, yeah. I don't want to go back. But- of course we all want to. Like if, if somebody said to me now, here's a gifted trip to fly first class, I would say that on my Instagram. I'd be honest about it because who wouldn't take it? We all would take it, right? I'd love to fly first class. I have to do it before I leave this world. It's something I would like to tick. But I'm like you. I look at it and I'm like, 10 pounds for a seat a seat I just can't justify it I just can't justify it I think how long that takes to earn I think no it's eight hours and then I've basically spent it and think of all the like holidays you, you could, could have. spend or like well just I mean that's a lot of money isn't it like it's yeah, well, a I lot wouldn't of money spend it. yeah you mentioned um shame and secrecy around money and almost like it's a, still a taboo and still a dirty word but, and you're right like you never see people on Instagram really unless they're like you with like a sort of money saving account talking about how much things cost because whether that's too much or too little and also what we don't see on Instagram is the debt people get themselves into to show the lifestyle that they have I always say that to everyone like don't just look at the designer handbags and the holidays or whatever it might be because you don't know what people are sacrificing or, or how much they've saved and how long they've saved to do that thing. Why do you think there is shame and secrecy around being in debt or being strapped for cash? I think it is places like social media that doesn't help it because they'll look at influencers or celebrities or somebody that's very, very successful, but and they'll think that that is normal. And that is really, really, I, I find that really, really difficult um, because obviously two years ago, I wasn't on this platform and I did used to look at things. And I think I'm quite a sort of a tough character like that. So I didn't let it get to me. But I know so many people that it does. Like even at, I just hear people say, oh, it's 50 quid each. And you can, and I'm like, I'm not spending 50 quid. I can't do that. And I'd always have someone come over to me afterwards privately, but never support me to sticking up for me there. And then they'd be like, I'm glad you said that because I couldn't. I'm like, well, why didn't, you know, you say, because they feel the pressure and I just feel it it is sad that people worry to talk about it you know there is this huge problem obviously with debt and I just wish that everybody would speak about it because it's absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about it's just money like it's just it's just like saying oh I don't like this jumper like just go and speak to somebody whether it's a friend citizen's advice um, a debt helpline and just say like I can't afford this or I'm in debt. How do I get out of it? Because there's always a way out. Even if it's they wipe it clean and you can't get any credit for, for years to come, there's always a way out. It's only money. Like if you are in debt, just the first step is talking about it and not being ashamed because there is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And as well, people can be in debt because maybe they've lost their jobs and mortgage rates have gone up. They're not just in debt because they want to be. No one wants to be in debt. Or it could be that it's almost an addiction to spend money. You know, no, we don't think of it like that, do we? But some people are addicted to spending. Like they have to, it makes them feel good buying something. But in the long run, it doesn't make them feel good because then they're awake 
at night thinking, oh my God, I've bought this, I can't really afford it. So I do think social media has a huge part in it and just the way of the world, like how we walk in a room and and I think there's still such a huge divide with people. Like we can walk into a room, even for example, like at the NTAs, there's a huge divide. There is a divide. I don't care what people say. I I always feel like I'm not good enough at those type of events because I'm not a celebrity that's been on the telly. I feel certain people don't speak to me because maybe they feel they've done better than me, if I'm totally honest. And I feel like rubbish. So many times I've come home and I've cried because I've been (laughs) at an event with women, especially women, and I'm going to say that, who think they're above other women because they've got a better job or they've got more Instagram followers than me. And I'll be like, hello. And I think I'm really friendly. I'll talk to everybody. And I'll be like, hi. And they'll just sort of walk off. And it makes me feel like rubbish. I'm really anxious. And that is, I think that is a massive, massive problem. People think they're better than others and nobody is. Reality check. We all come in the world and we all go out of it. And you can also lose everything overnight. You could have a million followers, but do something wrong the next day and then Elon have nothing. Musk could take over very exactly. Exactly. You've got no followers. Do you know what? It's really interesting because from my experience of the industry, when I came in, obviously I went straight into Made in Chelsea and that at the time was kind of like the Love Island of TV, but there was no Instagram. So when I met people in the industry, bear in mind, you know, I went to school in the lakes and from the Northeast, everyone's just so nice and unassuming up there. I just didn't understand that how this industry really worked and how like cutthroat it is. And so because I was on like a TV show, everyone just wanted to be my friends and wanted to come up to me. And I was like, people in this industry are so nice. And then when I left, suddenly loads of people kind of, drifted away people that I thought Mm. were my friends and I found it really hard to get used to and quite a few years ago now I dated an actor he's like relatively well known and we were both saying how much we hated events and he was like yeah because everyone just sucks up to me because of who I am and it makes me feel weird and I was like that's so interesting because I hate it for the other way that people literally talk to me but are looking behind me and as soon as someone more important comes along or like, I don't know, even if a photographer comes up and they're like, oh, can we get a picture of you together? The amount of people that have been like, oh no. And then I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why don't you want a picture yeah, of me? Yeah, that's that, horrible, isn't it? That is just our industry. But also you don't know like the debt or it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and, and that's probably the same in so you know in the real world as well but it's the same yeah in every industry whether it's the corporate world anything like whether you're working for a bank whether you're working for there is people that have got say like their job is higher up in the pay grade they don't speak to the people maybe that have think and it goes on in every single day life and I'd love to change that I don't understand why people can't just everybody just get on like I just don't I just don't understand it like why you wouldn't speak to me or because you want to speak to you more because you've been on a tv show like really you might get on better with me it's crazy in my mind like just talk to everybody and give everyone your time for five minutes because it's so interesting why does everyone want the same I love talking to every every single from a billionaire to someone that's really really struggling I think it's interesting to speak to all walks of life and I think if we were all more like that there would be less people feeling worried to say or I'm in debt or I can't really afford it or oh, I'd love to do what you do or could you help me or and I think people worry about that and, that's, but that, and that is because of other people. Do you know what my biggest lesson was with money is when I went to university so I grew up like probably like you always having to make my own money I never got pocket money so say when I wanted to Tamagotchi my parents would like write out a list of chores and each of them would be like 20p for this 50p for this um, I never like I just ne- I never had money unless I earned it and I lived in my overdraft at uni. And when I'd go out, my friends would be like, oh, I, I can't go out because I'm poor. 
And my version of poor was like, you're, you literally have no more money. Like your overdraft is empty. You're in, and I'd be like, oh no, just come out. Like I'll pay for you. Don't worry, I'll pay. And so I'd go out, um, bear in mind drinks were like 50p or whatever, but I'd go and spend 10 pounds that I shouldn't have really spent. And then I remember when we left uni, a few of them bought houses in London. And I remember being like, I thought they were poor. Like they, li- I've like pretty much like funded their drinks tabs throughout uni and that was the first time I realized like wow people like my version of poor is different to someone else's version of poor to someone else's version of poor and actually a lot of people's version of poor isn't poor at all you know like for me I was in my overdraft until I was 29 and that was felt like such a milestone and then like I paid off my student loan two years ago and that felt like a huge milestone and it is yeah. And it is, and it should be celebrated. And exactly, look, and you've just exactly said what you've said. It's taken you, you haven't done it overnight, but you've got out of it. Do you see what I mean? And hopefully someone listening can hear that and think, oh, actually, in a couple of years, I can do that. I can get out of it. Or I just think if we're just all more open and honest with each other. And I think when you have open and honest chats as well, and you sort of say, like you're talking to other people, mums or friends, or they'll often say, oh, actually, yeah, do you know what? It's a bit tough for me at the minute. Um, can we do this? And it's about about finding ideas as ways. Well. Uh, um, to do things with aren't going to cost the earth and being mindful of everybody's situation is different. My situation is going to be different to your situation. We're going to earn different money. We're going to have different outgoings. And that's just that's just me and you in a room, but that's going to be for everybody. So I think it's, it's about being mindful of others as well. Like when you are saying to somebody, let's do this, if you are really wealthy, for example, and you're suggesting something that let's go to Vegas on my hen, that's absolutely fine. But also maybe just having a bit of awareness with money and saying, absolutely fine, you know, it's going to cost this no problem if you can't go if you want to message me privately and just having mindfulness as well because I think for so long we haven't we've all just gone oh yeah put it on a credit card do this do that but realizing now that you you can't just do that with everything that's rising you know I definitely feel like maternity leave is like a bit of an awkward thing around money as well because obviously like some people have really good maternity pay some people don't have maternity pay what advice would you give to people who maybe don't get maternity pay or or who are like financially struggling, but then they feel pressure, you know, with the mum groups, if afterwards they're like, let's go for lunch or let's go for a coffee or whatever it is. And obviously you really want, especially in that like vulnerable time, you might want to like connect with mums, but equally there is that huge amount of pressure with money. Absolutely. I would say like, if you are a mum and obviously you're on um, statutory maternity pay or you're getting no maternity pay at all, look at groups that are run by sort of local churches and things like that, because often they're not paying up front. Because a lot of the groups are, it's £6 a week and you've got to pay £150 up front. A lot of people can't do that. It's great if you can, and that's lovely to do that. But if this is, I'm talking about if, if you can't do that, okay, I always say that it's great for these classes, but if you can't do it, look at church groups and go into them. Because I, I went to them with uh, Bronte, um, was really hard up at the time. And once a week, you, it was a donation of a pound. And then you got tea, coffee and cake and you chatted to everybody. And I also did something. There was eight of us in a, in a group and we did it that once every eight weeks you hosted. So say like you were pregnant now, you, you'd come to my house um, this Monday and I would do coffee and cake. And then next week we'd go to yours. Then we'd go to Mandy's. Then we'd go to Sarah's. Then we'd go. So then only once every eight weeks you are hosting. But every week you're going and you're seeing friends and you're talking to people with children of your age. So you don't even have to say, I can't afford Starbucks. Maybe just suggest it and say I've come up with a really good idea we're all on maternity and it can be like a bit difficult and you know what it's like trying to find space for kids you could say it like that because it is a nightmare isn't it so why don't we all host like once a week like you just do coffee and cake at at 10 o'clock and and I can just set it up so like 
this Monday we're at Sarah's, next Monday we're at Ashley's, next the following Monday we're at Gemma's. And if there's five of you in a group, you're hosting once every five weeks and all it's costing you is a price of a cake, you know, that you can get for a sort of, you can get a nice little sponge cake for a pound and just a cup of tea and things. But it's about socialising. And you may be going to that goal. There'd be, if there's a group of you, there'll always be one that you are more drawn to because that's just human nature. Right? So say I was like, I really like Ashley. I've got a really strong bond with her. Just message you and say, look, I'd really love to um, chat again. Do you fancy coming over and, and, and make that thing? And then if Ashley, you came back and said, oh, should we meet at the Starbucks? Then maybe just if you feel sort of awkward to say, I can't afford that five pound Starbucks cup of coffee in the park and everything, just say, do you know what? I find it really hard to get out with the baby at the minute. And, you know, there's ways around things if you feel you can't be open and honest but I don't think it's nothing to be embarrassed about and I, if you probably said it to that mum they'd probably be like yeah do you know what you're right it is a fiver every time we go down there and the park and that's 10-15 quid you're right let's go to each other's houses and then you'll find that you'll probably get a really warm open response back no one's ever going to be unkind to you if you say say it to them and be open and honest yeah, so that's I what that. I would do what other um, tips would you have especially because Christmas is coming up I feel like there's so much pressure that like I feel it and I'm on Instagram. I don't know if you do as well, but everything just feels so much bigger than it used to be. Like the decor, the house decorations, like even Halloween, like who bloody decorates their house for Halloween? But yeah, I felt pressure this year. I was like, oh my God, everyone's got like pumpkin ornaments yeah. and stuff in their house. And I felt like, oh, I need to decorate my house for Halloween. See, it's and brilliant, then I isn't it? That you said that. I love that you said that because I so don't feel the pressure. I think that's just because that's just the way I am. Like, I've never worried about what others think or like, I'm like... Do you know what? Mine, I don't it's know if weird, it's like it? keeping up with the Joneses because I've never cared about like having designer stuff or, you know, I, I have where I have felt the pressure is when I quit my job at 25 and then I was really like, I didn't really earn money for four years. And so all my other friends who stayed in their jobs and were getting promoted and they were like, oh, let's go on a girl's holiday. And I struggled with that because I just couldn't afford it. So then yeah. I said no, but then I really felt like I was missing out Aww. at the same time. Whereas now it's not necessarily because I care I mean, I don't really know anyone in my area, so it's not like, you know, they're going to come around and be like, oh, nice pumpkin. I'm going to, I'm near you. Next yeah. year, I'm going to judge your pumpkins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's more, I don't know why, I, I guess because I like really want that like perfect family home because that was like almost my dream, like my dream that I want that. And I know it's not like material stuff. I don't know, even like Christmas decorations this year, I, I used to put my decorations up on like the 15th of December and this year I did it like mid-November because yeah. I, I see it. Like, I don't know, I feel like Instagram's making everything earlier, but then I always think like, God, I hope people don't look at my Instagram and think I'm like being pressured by the pumpkin parade. And then so I get, <laughs> I become it. the pumpkin parade. And then if other people are like, oh no, I need pumpkins in my home or whatever it yeah. is. Um, yeah, I just think Christmas, a good, like good tips with that is like, I did one the other day where I did, I blew up, I did my Christmas decorations this year for like four pound. I got pine cones with the kids, sprayed them white for the, the spray paint, I think it was about two pound fifty. And then I blew up balloons and made them, they look like, I, I keep saying baubles, they're biscuits, baubles, um, <laughs> like baubles as giant balloons. And someone said, oh, they might deflate. I was like, they're 125 for 10. So if they did deflate, just pop a couple of more in. Um, so there's ways of doing it cheap. And if you did want those amazing decorations that you've seen on a certain influencer's page or a celebrity's page, a great tip is go and buy them in January because those t- those things that are like six quid will go down to like 50p in January and put them away for next year. So I've always done things like that and buying presents for the kids, like don't feel the pressure. At the end of the day, children just want to unwrap loads of things. I remember one year Brody said to me, I said, what do you want for Christmas? He went 20 presents. He was about five. I went, what? He went 20 presents. 
I went, of what? He went, um, I want bugs, I want a slime, I want this, I want that. And I remember thinking, basically, you just want a load of things to unwrap. So I went to Poundland, and this is God's honest truth. I bought him 20 things for Poundland, so it cost me £20. I wrapped them up, and that is what he got for Christmas. I was not, I didn't have loads of money. Me and Adam didn't buy for each other, and I did it for £20. And he had the best morning of his life playing with these bugs and ripping open the toys, and he didn't notice. He didn't go into school and go, what? he was five years old. What Xbox did you get, mate? No, he didn't. He talked about his bugs and his slime and everything. And I just didn't feel the pressure. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy him that. And people can look at me like, oh, that's being a bad mum. But I felt like, no, I was being sensible. Like I couldn't afford to do it. We had a lovely dinner, um, lovely roast dinner, which we had chicken and not turkey because that's cheaper. And we had a lovely day. We all got together. We all were singing in the evening. We were playing ball games. And I would say I had a nicer Christmas as say you had. But I just didn't have all those expensive things. And we still had all the decorations. And always once a year, I've always taken the kids to a garden centre. And they've always picked something really special for Christmas, which is overpriced ridiculousness. But it's part of what we do, our tradition. Not saying you have to do this because it's, it's just traditions isn't it so each year I've added to our Christmas pile as well so it's I think get things like yearly do you see what I mean so that you haven't got to spend it all in one year and then you can save up throughout the year and buy those bits in January and also if you've got young kids I, I used to go to the NCT nearly new sale they do that in our area and I've got like this like little um keyboard I paid like eight pounds for it for Brody and now Bronte's got it it's absolutely brilliant and like it was basically they're all second hand toys but it's called nearly new they're literally perfect like a three-year-old is not going to know if that is second hand or not look on the Facebook market pages buy the lol dolls on there put them in a little box from card factory poundland wrap it up make it look pretty and give her it they're not going to be like mum <laughs> sorry need a word here that's not from smith toys for 60 quid is it you paid a fiver off the facebook market they're three four five and six especially if you've got little ones they just want to open things like they say they play with the boxes don't they so just get them the one thing that they're really into and then a load of little bits like just don't go mad do you know what's so funny because i remember like the most exciting thing for me about christmas was my grand turning up so we'd do like presents and then my grand would come and she would literally come with like <laughs> like she bought so many presents and I remember my parents would be like she just buys tap man but for us you're right we just didn't care because you had lots of things to we open. had a 50 pence shop but it's actually still there up where we live so everything would have been from a 50 pence shop and she probably spent five or a tenner but it was like the amount of presents that she'd come with and we were like this is amazing and it is it was more about like the unwrapping and also a big thing for me that I want to have now is like that sort of like singing and ball games because we didn't have that as a family and I remember I always wanted that so it wasn't even about what was spent or the presents I just wanted that sort of like and that's your memory see, as a child that is exactly what I'm saying your memory is your nan coming around with a load of things that you just said were probably a fiver you probably can't even there might be the one odd toy that you remember that your parents bought you that was probably the 50 100 pound toy but most of the time when you ask people about the childhood they go oh yeah I remember the you used to come around and bring chocolate every year or they just, they just want, they want your, they is so true. They want your time, children. They love your time. They love. They love going out for walks, running in the mud, jumping around in muddy puddles. And like, they just like doing things like that. Like, but yes, when they're Brody's age and they are 10, like he said to me this year, can I have an iPhone? Absolutely, he's not getting one. So I'm like, no absolutely not don't feel bad about saying it I'm like I don't want to buy you an iPhone and then he was like oh I want the iPhone whatever the latest one is out I think it's 14 not even got it myself oh yeah I'm going to buy you I was like no absolutely you're not getting it so don't feel worried about saying no to them and like with Brody this year we've said no to that but he wants what did he want oh he wants these Jordan Air Max trainers so 
I've said he can have those, but I've also said, okay, well, I'll buy you like one nice gift. I think I've, I've actually got them in the sale. I think I paid about 60 for them, obviously. I've been looking in the sale. Um, and one other thing, but I've said to him, you're not going to have loads of things to open. Um, your sister will because she's three and she just wants lots of things. If, and he's like, he understands that he's older. So again, it's about just having a conversation with them and just speaking to them and saying, if you would like that thing or maybe all club together. So if they do want that iPad and it's 300 pounds and you've got a budget of 150 for a child at Christmas, speak to all your friends and family and say, look, instead of you all spending 20 quid each on Brody's buying him something, can we all put in so we can have the iPad and we'll explain to him this is from everybody and get a gift like that. So that's a way of doing it as well. We've done that before. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm sure as parents, we all know how messy things can get, whether that's around the house, during mealtimes, and even when it comes to our little ones themselves. When it comes to wiping Alf's messy face and body, I want to be sure that what I am using is the best choice for his skin. With baby eczema and nappy rash being common conditions, using wipes for sensitive skin is a must. We've both been loving water wipes. We've actually used them since Alf was born and they gently clean and help protect delicate newborn and premature baby's skin. They're made of just two ingredients, so 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. That means they are the best wipe choice for sensitive skin. Alf loves them and I even find myself using them. What about activities with children? Like what kind of like, if you're on a budget or even if you're not on a budget, but like they're so expensive. I know you mentioned church groups. What other things, especially over the Christmas period, I feel like it's so hard to entertain children and you don't want to be spending out i went to um you probably know gym rocks in at the brentwood center yeah that's lovely and it's really nice but it was like six pounds and i said i went with um tommy's mom i was like this is really nice but like you couldn't come here every day no 
But again, it's about sort of what I would do is like almost write down a list. So if you're off on the school holidays, so for example, yeah, you've got like a gym rock six pounds on the Monday and take your own like lunch and snacks with you. Then the next day, go work out the weather, do like the walk in the woods and go, right, we always say to Bronte, we're going on a bear hunt. We go, can you see the bears? And like, we just try and make it magical. We do this all the time. Like it's a bear hunt or a stick man hunt where we are. We've got all places like that haven't we and then doing things like going to your local library so today I'm here and Adam's actually right now at the local library of Bronte because they've got I think rhyme time on this morning at 11 o'clock or something like that so she does like singing free no no charge for it so she goes in there she sings and then they'll go and then he said right then we'll go to the, on, the, on the scooter and then they're going to go to the park and come home so it won't cost Adam anything this morning to take her out so we'll do things like that so the libraries are really good ones and they're warm you can go there for a few hours especially the heating costs at the minute turn your heating off at home go down to your local library a lot of them as well are offering things like free hot drinks and things like that I was looking they're really trying to help out the local libraries so do things like that take your kids down there read the books see what activities are going look at your local fates as well um, like um, school fates and things like that when they're on so if you want your kids to go and see Santa don't be booking you know Harrods Santa if you can again lovely beautiful really pleased it's for you it's actually not on this year is it not okay apparently because <laughs> I've they never mean, been I've never been either and I, it's only because I was like I was like I need to meet Santa and loads of people be like oh Harry I think because people obviously see like that experience yeah they cancelled it a, because of lockdown, but basically the year before lockdown, apparently they did this thing where they said the people who get priority or people that spend £2,000 in store. So obviously there was loads of controversy because it's like, so only rich people can see Santa then. So they, I think because that controversy has like died down now, they don't want to bring it back and like it's bring terrible. it again. It's so terrible, an awful bad. thing to do. Do you know what? Don't agree from with what that. you said, Tommy's mum lives um, by the seaside in Essex in a place called Frinton. It's oh my amazing. god, I love it! You was there, weren't you? I, I messaged weekend. you yesterday. I saw it. I was like, I love Frinton. Honestly, the beach. best we, place ever. On Saturday, it was just me and her, and um, we went to the local library. I honestly, I cannot believe local libraries are free. And apparently, the best way you can help them at the moment is to sign up as a member for like as many people as you can so I've signed Alf up they're just amazing and like Alf loves all the that's not my books they had so many in there and it's a really nice place to meet other parents we were chatting you know he was chatting away to other kids in a way that a two-year-old can um and then we went to we were told about a church fair that was on next door at the St. Mary's Church and we met Santa and it was amazing so they 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 um they said it was like three pounds, but we actually didn't have cash. And they're like, oh, that's fine, just come in. So I ended up making a card donation. Who knew churches had a little card machine these days? Wow. But that would have been free if like if you didn't have the money to spend. And I was like, that's just like amazing. We so we didn't pay for like a fancy department store Santa, but it was perfect and it it looked amazing. I mean, yeah. when I looked at the pictures, I was like, oh, it doesn't quite look as good as it did in but real life. But he felt the same experience, right? He's too. Yeah, and and he that's said, what he's Santa. going for. Yeah, Santa, that's what I'm saying. I think we we want that perfect image, as you say, of that Harrod shop. But as you just said, he he wouldn't have known if he was meeting Harrod Santa or the local one. He, exactly. He's two years old. He absolutely loved it and probably was thrilled and all smiling. Or oh, some kids actually hate meeting Santa, don't they? That's, you see, there's always a child that's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. You're like, <laughs> I've lined up. But we've got it every year in... Um, 
it's the Christmas market they do. Um, and the Santa there is free or like something like 50p and they get a present and they meet Santa. So I like look around for things like that. Literally Google free things to do in your local area and you'll be surprised how much it brings up. Or like museums. So like if you are near London, this like the Natural History Museum, book online before you go, but it's free. There's, there's certain sections you have to pay for, but majority of it is free to go. And we go there all day. We take a packed lunch other than our travel and we always drive like to Upminster because it's the tube straight in so it's cheaper. We tap in and out. So it costs me and Adam like £12 a day. We go out for the whole day with a packed lunch and take the kids all all into all the free museums. They love doing that, like science museum and all things like that. So there is lots of things to do for free. It's just about thinking. And then and not having that worry as well. Like one day a week, we're staying in today because mummy's got to clean. Mummy's not got any money at the minute. Say that to your kids. Let Make them understand that you can't constantly buy everything. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing to say. Like, mummy can't afford to do that today. So, um, we're, I'm just going to stand and clean. Or I'll, I'll, Brody will say things we're going out. And I would say to him, no, mummy can't really afford that. But Ash has invited us around. Brody, even at 10 now would love to come around your house because he just loves it. He'd be like, who's Ashley? We're going to her house. Where, where she live? Oh, it's a little boy. They they love going, kids love going to other houses. Like, And, and he'd get there straight away and he'd be like, um, can I go to the toilet? And if you said you had a downstairs one, he'd be so devastated because basically he just wants to know he's upstairs. Do you remember doing that as a kid? Yeah. Just wanna, he'd be like, oh, I need, not that toilet. I meant your other toilet in so I can just quickly have a nose at all your bedrooms. Um, but yeah, that's what he loves doing. Like just seeing other children is the main thing he loves doing and people and time. He's, and, and he's 10 years old and he still loves that now. Other kids and meeting other people. See, it's uh, really interesting to me because obviously I'm not at that stage of parenting yet, but I grew up in a household that there was so much like money talk and stress about money and it would be like, we don't have any money. Money doesn't grow on trees. And I feel like even now that I'm currently doing okay, like I'm, I always stress, I feel like constantly stressed about money. How, how so do, do you recommend to people that they do bring up money in a way that doesn't like traumatize their children? <laughs> yeah, because I'm exactly the same. I, like, like, now I'm constant. okay. Um, obviously now, because I've been through this long journey, but I still, feel the same as you actually I like really do I think there's just a fine balance I think we have to talk about it to our children because I always say like when your kids come and ask you for something you can't go to your boss halfway through the month and be like all right um well I've spent all my money can I have another grand they'd be like no you have to wait till the first and you get paid again so I think it's it's it is teaching them and it is our sort of job to sort of guide them and teach them but obviously you don't need to say it every single day but I just think things like just naturally saying when you're out um, right, we're going to do this today. And then the next day, if they start sort of moaning as kids do, like, oh, God, it's unfair life. So just then I think that's what it's fine to say. Well, mummy's not got the money today. We did do that yesterday, didn't we? We did take you to Alton Towers, for example. We've had an amazing day. We can't do that every day. So today we're going to do this. And it's sort of explaining that, yeah, that's a treat. You did go there, but you can't do that five days a week. It's like me and you going into Selfridges every single day and buying a designer handbag. We can't. We might once, twice a year as a treat for ourselves. Everybody likes to treat themselves, you know, but you can't every single day. So I think it's just explaining it in a in a just a way that suits you as a family as well. There's no right or wrong either. There's no right or wrong with how you talk about it. You, Your parents will say it different to me, to you, to how I speak to Brody. I think say it however you feel that you feels right to your child. I think the issue probably with my parents and it was that they would have adult conversations with each other about how stressed they were about money, but around us. So we kind of like had the fear of God in us all the time. Yeah. Whereas like maybe, yeah, doing it in a age appropriate way, like you're saying. What's your thoughts on pocket money? Um, I'm 
really pro pocket money. Um, I think it's really, really good. But I think if you stick to it, so my um, mum and dad, when I got to a certain age, gave me an allowance. I think it was about 16, 17, but that was to include my bus fare, my deodorant. I think at the time, I think it was about, I want to say £10 a week, but it might have been less, it might have been more. We are going back many years, I'm 41 now. Um, but that was to get like my, my bus fare, my this, my that. And I do remember... <laughs> So clearly, like after about two days, I'd spent it all. I think I'd gone and got like some food at college, not taken the packed lunch that I could have done from home, got the bus there, I could have walked, didn't. Said to me, Dad, oh, right, I want to go cinema. Um, can I have another tenner? And I remember my dad went, no. And I was like, what? He was like, no, you get £10 a week every Monday, for example. It's Wednesday, so you'll get £10 on Monday. And I went, well, I've spent it. And he went, and that's when he said, well, you can't go to your boss at the end of the month. And it taught me budgeting. Yeah. So I remember the next week I was like, right, I've got to make this £10 last now. So I remember I walked like a couple of days into college. I didn't like buy all these extra things at college. I made it last because I thought, right, I'm going to save up because I want that little top for a fiver or whatever it was. So it was a way, it taught me budgeting. And I thought it was a really, really good, for me, I really, I like it pocket money if it's done right but I don't think it works if you're just constantly shelling out I don't think that's really teaching them anything um, but again this is just my view but I think pick whatever the amount you want whether it's a thousand pounds a month five pound a month whatever it is I'm never I never say right or wrong so I don't think there is a right or wrong with anyone or anything so but then stick to that budget and and, and try and not give in you know because then that it teaches them doesn't it like yeah how to budget to be fair I did love like for example when I wanted a Tamagotchi and it was like I had to pretty much work the whole summer and it'd be like sweeping the leaves off the garden because also I got such a like buzz off dad 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 I've done it I've done it yeah. and he'd like come and inspect and like there'd be, always be a leaf because obviously there was trees above and he'd be like oh it's and so then I'd be like what about now what about now and I'd yeah. get like my 20p or whatever and to be able to like tally that all up um i know that you're an advocate for money management classes to be um included into the school's national curriculum why do you think that doesn't uh, it seems so obvious doesn't it to teach mm. kids about money and budgeting I'm, I'm literally speechless with it like i cannot believe that we don't teach this in schools like it is so mad to me it's the only thing i can think of that all of us is connected Every single solitary thing. Do you know what I mean? We don't fancy the same thing. We don't eat the same food, but we're all connected by money. We've all got different religions, but we've all got money. Yeah, but, but we don't teach money. How crazy is that? And I feel like people that have money or people that don't have money, it doesn't mean that you're better or worse. No. At like knowing how to spend it or budgeting. It just needs or- to be basic things like, okay, what to, do, what to do if you get into debt? You know, Debt causes so many suicides on for young people and people of all ages because they don't know where to go. Like it's absolutely heartbreaking to come January. That is the thing that makes me feel so upset. The amount of DMs I get on that. Whereas if we taught it in school and we taught that it was, you know, it's okay to say I need help with money. I need help. Somebody help me. Where to go? What to do when you are in these problems? Then I think it would be so much easier for a 16, 17 year old to go, right, I'm getting a mortgage. Okay, right. Um, I've spoken about this before with young people. And I've said, if you buy a house for 200 grand, you have to pay a mortgage. And I've said, do you realize, what do you think you pay back? And they're like, 200 grand. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You might 
whatever it is, say, for example, you pay about £300,000 because you're borrowing well, interest. Well, at the moment, it's probably about £700,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Then they're like, what do you mean? But if I'm borrowing, why have I got to pay back extra? The amount of 16... Because they're like, I don't understand. But I'm borrowing 200 Why am I paying back all this extra money? I'm like, it's interest. So just like, just literally, literal life skills. Like if you get a credit card, they're really, really good. If you use them correctly, you can build up air miles. They're interest-free. When you get your first job and you're living at home with mum and dad and you might be only paying them £100 a week, and you're earning £1,500 a month, you're the richest you're probably ever going to be in your life. You've got no kids, no outgoings. Put away six, £700 a month then. That is when you can really get in front of yourself. If you get into debt, this is what you need to do. If you get in an overdraft, make sure you get an agreed overdraft so that you're not getting charges. Just all these basic things that we should be teaching and helping helping children with because we know them because we learn them as life goes on, but they should be taught. At See, I feel like I still young. don't really know them. Like I, I've got my flat, which felt like a huge achievement at 30 and I didn't know about mortgages. Stamp duty, it still blew my mind. I was like, but I've paid tax. But I paid oh, tax. Like this that. is my, sa- <laughs> I I like, this is my savings. Oh no, it's so and my bad. stamp duty was basically as much as my deposit because I did help the help to buy <laughs> so scheme. Awful. And I was like, but I don't get it because I've I've paid my tax and I managed to save some money it's against like inheritance all tax. You're taxed on your taxes that you taxed and taxed. It's just crazy. And it still confuses me because even like when the insur- when the interest rates were good, I couldn't believe how much interest was charged every month. So basically, I'd pay off whatever it was, but half of that would be interest yeah and i was like so i'm not seeing the number go down i don't get it i don't get mm. it and i'd love for someone to have explained it and it's been great like young people as well when they get on the ladder before they have children they might have like 40 50 quid a month that they're just frittering if they overpaid that on their mortgage and they and, and we were shown mortgage calculators and say if you did that you'd save three years on your mortgage and you could save yourself twenty thousand pounds i've done it before like it'd be so good for people to see this because they're saving themselves money and you're just being shown it. But if you're not shown it and you can't see it as a visual, you don't do it. Especially when we're taught about things like like osmosis. What is osmosis? It was like, I can't even remember what it was, but it was part of biology or something. Oh yeah, I didn't listen in science. I was terrible. it's like, why have we taught about stuff like that? Or even like algebra. Maybe algebra is useful, I don't know. But like, I would have loved classes about, I don't know, like today we're going to learn about a mortgage. So you pay whatever it is. And yeah. this is a, like, at least it's like practical. Imagine if someone had sat down with you at 17 on your first job and you say you were earning £1,500 a month take home. Let's just go on that for now. And you said to me, right, I pay my parents £300 a month to live at home. You've got 1200 And somebody said to you, you've got 1200 surplus income literally surplus you're never gonna have it and then I said to you then why don't you put 700 pound of that away you've still got 150 pound a week to just go out and blow because you're, you're, you're at college or whatever you are how much money in those two three years you could have saved to started your life by the time you were 21 you could have had 30,000 saved up and this is true because I did it and my sister did it. I remember speaking to her about it. And we're not, we don't sit there and speak to young people about things like this. We don't say, okay, so if you get into debt, this is the interest. Like, why are you on that credit card? Do you know you could switch to a 0% one and you can do 0% balance transfers and you could take that money and then you could stop yourself paying debt? Like, if we taught these things, we'd have, at least we'd given them the tools. We're just basically pushing people out into the world and not telling them anything. So no wonder people don't know where they are with money and it's like a dirty subject that you can't talk about because we don't even talk about it at school, let alone in adulthood. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm so passionate about it. I just want it in schools. What are you doing to get it into schools? I tried to do, um, you know, where you start like a petition, a government yeah. petition, but it, it got declined before I could even push it out. So I need to look at another way of what to do. Um, I've started to sort of speak to sort of TV producers and things like that because I thought felt like if I could do a documentary and I could go into people in the schools and speak to them and speak to teachers, maybe we could get some movement. But obviously it's hard for me. I'm not, I'm a no one really. Do you know what I mean? Like, so getting things going is really, really difficult but I'm gonna like keep going and keep looking at different avenues and trying to push it that we get a bit of a breakthrough hopefully one day I'll meet the right person that can help me that's all it takes and with your name yeah you've got the right name for it I've got the right name for it (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I know that you um, brought out a book last January called money mum official save yourself happy what what is that about what can people expect from the book so there's lots of like useful tips and tricks and things like that in it but it's also about um mental health and the mindset behind money and it's about getting you on the right thinking path to money because I feel like you'll never have money or never deal with money unless you sort of you understand it like you I always say like appreciating a 10 pound note like once you start doing that and you're thinking it's a tenner and how long it takes you to earn it's about getting you into really the, the mindset of how to save and what to do if you're in debt and how to get out of it and where to look at each thing you are earning, how long it takes you to earn that money and sort of making you think about it and write it down and sort of my journey and how I've got there. But I just think it's really interesting and it's very easy. Like I'm dyslexic. I don't know fancy words, you know, didn't grow up in a posh area or anything like that. So it's really easy. I feel it's for everybody and I feel it's just a really easy, nice read and it just gives you clarity. Like, yeah, do you know what, actually? I'm not cancelling my subscriptions. I don't know the last time I checked my bank account. I don't really save. Yeah, she is right. I am on a ridiculously high interest rate. Have I looked at other loans out? there to try and get myself out of this have I spoke to you know debt management company this is spiraling out of control it's getting people thinking and also um, mental health as well like I'm a real strong believer I suffer horrifically with mental health so it's about that as well although I'm really confident I can talk to anyone I've got terrible mental health problems I worry about everything like I'll probably go home tonight and think oh, god what did I say to Ashley did I say something wrong am I doing this wrong you know I'm dyslexic as well so I worry about absolutely everything everything and anything um so it's all about that as well so it's i think it's a real all-rounded book i'm really proud of it actually really proud of it you know i'm exactly the same as you and i I feel like my anxiety's got worse since lockdown and i've never quite recovered from like with social anxiety but with money especially like i feel even though i try and avoid it because i know like oh i've spent like too much money or i haven't looked at my subscriptions especially when i was in my overdraft i'd always just like put it out of mind I could yeah. never wanted to look at you know and you get money out and it's like do you want to look at your balance and I'd be like hell no <laughs> no but thank you then it would like keep me up at night because I was like I wonder how much money I've got in my account I wonder if I'm in my mm. overdraft like whatever it would be but then once I actually like I did it in lockdown because obviously all my my job just stopped <laughs> like suddenly overnight all my DJ jobs got cancelled yeah. so I went through everything and cancelled all the subscriptions and like really went through everything and I felt so in control like it it made me feel so much better. And I'm like, why have I been putting this off? Mm. Like, it's like, you know, having your Excel sheet of your budgets. And I like having like what I spend on, I don't know, eating out, yeah. eating in, eating in. And then, and then it's like a, almost like a challenge to try and get it down each month. Yeah. And I think lockdown taught people a lot of things, actually. I think in some ways the, the real positive that come out of it was we actually, we don't need Laboot on shoes to make us feel good. What we need is other people around us. Like t- we wouldn't have been able to do this today, been face to face two years ago. It would have been a Zoom call. It was no personal contact. Like as you say, at the NTAs of the other day, we could sit down, just have a natter. We wouldn't have been able to do that two years ago. And that 
is what it was about. It was it was other people uh, seeing other people and going for just a coffee than everyday things is what makes us happy. Yeah. It's not those designer things. And the fact that you could be on a really high-powered job and it can go overnight and you have to manage your money. So I think a lot of people did, I think it changed some people for the good and for the better. People that were maybe sort of, maybe stuck up or pretentious, whatever you want to call them. They were like, actually, you're right, things can go. Why have I been like this? Like, why have I thought that this is the right way to be? I've had so many people say that to me privately in my inbox saying, do you know what, I was a bit of a twat before. <laughs> um, and now you're right. Like, yeah, like anything can go from anybody. Um, and I think it's it's a good thing. Like it's probably even for you because it made you sit there and go. It's, it, everything was probably so confident for you in your life. Like you're always going to get DJ and you're always going to do this. Nothing's going to stop you doing it. And then when a world pandemic hits, it makes you think, oh, actually, I need to sit down and go for my finances. Actually, what I do really miss is seeing my friends. And I do really miss DJing because I liked doing that and seeing mm-hmm. people. And it wasn't the things that maybe you thought made you happy before. So I think lockdown did some good. Yeah. I always read out a email or WhatsApp or whatever it might be from a listener. And this week it's from Holly, but I feel like we have kind of covered it. She says, hey, Ashley, with Christmas coming up, do you have any tips or ideas on how to keep my children entertained on the cheap or any DIY gifts that they'd love? Thanks, Holly. So I feel like we've covered activities. Yeah. Although annoyingly, what so many children's activities like clothes for holidays, but the library will be open, yeah. walks outside, yeah. museums. If you like arts and crafts and painters and things, I mean, I'm I'm not an arts and crafts mum, but Adam likes doing that with the kids. So I always think there's probably one of you that's more better. I like doing drawing and things with them, but I'm just I'm so rubbish at anything like that. I'm like, oh my God, you're getting paint everywhere. This is stressing me out. Yeah. Let's put it away. Um, so yeah, things like that, like painting with the kids and things like that. They enjoy that, don't they? And going, yeah, like just... Get them to make Christmas cards. That'd be quite yeah. cute for grandparents or whatever. Yeah, and the way of saving money with that is I said, I know it's nice to receive a card, but if you're really finding it difficult this year, why not send like an e-card and just say to everyone, look, I've got to cut back. I'm going to send you it all. But paying for a stamp, paying for a card is all expensive. So there, there is ways you still can do things, but just changing the way of the way the way in which we do it. If you see what I mean, I can't buy cards. They're just such a rip off. Like these, like I just can't do it. So I, I actually say um, I always donate to a charity, usually like a homeless charity around Christmas, and I'll say like, "This is what I've spent the, the card money on," because it's like. People open it and it sits on the mantelpiece and then it gets thrown away. Yeah, exactly. Each and that's, and that, yeah, and that's a lovely thing to do. Some people love cards. Um, anyway, Gemma, it's been amazing. I feel like I've had a good little chat about money. Yeah. You, ne- you never talk about money. No. I suppose I'm the only person that you, sp- <laughs> that you <laughs> speak to about credit well, card. Probably it- the bo- most boring podcast for anyone. They'll be like... Oh. No, it's good because no one talks about it. And then it would be a bit weird if I like brought it up with other people as well, wouldn't it? Because it is yeah. a bit taboo. I'd be like, so. <laughs> How much uh, are you making from this uh, thing then? They'd be like, sorry. Um, but yeah, if anyone um, does have any like questions or concerns, then you can find you on Instagram. You're really yep. good at getting back to people, aren't you? Yeah. I try um, my best with everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope it was useful. Thank you so much for listening to Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so that you don't miss an episode. And if you want to get in touch like Holly does, um, maybe about something we covered today, maybe about a topic you want us to cover, then um, I always love hearing from you. So you can get in touch on email like Holly did at 
askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com um, you can leave a, view, a review on Apple Podcasts because then it's really easy to see or you can leave a voice message or WhatsApp message um, which is obviously free at 075 and I'll be back with another episode same time same place next week thanks Gemma thank you I'm sure as parents, we all know how messy things can get, whether that's around the house, during mealtimes, and even when it comes to our little ones themselves. When it comes to wiping Alf's messy face and body, I want to be sure that what I am using is the best choice for his skin. With baby eczema and nappy rash being common conditions, using wipes for sensitive skin is a must. We've both been loving water wipes. We've actually used them since Alf was born and they gently clean and help protect delicate newborn and premature baby skin. They're made of just two ingredients, so 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. That means they are the best wipe choice for sensitive skin. Alf loves them and I even find myself using them. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.